0: Thanks for tuning in to the Equip Podcast. My name is Jeff Chris. I'm the lead pastor of Gateway Assembly. We are so excited to bring to you some leadership principles and practices to equip you in your calling. We believe that you can do what God has called you to do. So let's get right into it. Hey, welcome to the Equip Podcast. I'm here with Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. He has been with us uh, all week. Uh, We are uh, ending our fourth night tonight on our revival week and Ted I got to know Ted through my brother um Pastor Phil Christ in Lakeside Assembly and uh he came to us uh the Sunday or was it two years ago the Sunday right before the pandemic started it was a perfect time uh to get encouraged uh, uh to get to know this uh man and also his wife Carolyn the family uh, we love them so much, and so they have been with us for the last two years, and uh, we've been following their ministry, and it's so exciting to see uh, that would Satan has tried to literally mess up ministries, mess up the church. It's been exciting to see men like this and women like this to really take the... Um, take the word of God and to heart in uh, that which God has built up within them and go forward in these last two years for Jesus Christ. Uh, Ted, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. He is, you know. Now you're an author. Yes, that's uh, right. you've been an evangelist for how long? It's been now.
1: Uh, I've been in the ministry for 20 years, and then full time evangelism for 12 years. Okay. Yeah.
0: And also, you have your own uh, TV studio. There. Yeah.
1: So now, I mean, God opened the doors. It was really a supernatural thing. Um, one by one, stations started to open for us, and now we're on television weekly in over 180 nations of the world. Mm, wow. Yeah, it's wow. awesome.
0: Excellent. You know, uh, I want to talk about a subject that a lot of people uh, get weird about. Sure. A lot of people get just different thoughts about, Um, and it's Pentecost. Yeah. And it's the gifts of the Spirit. Sure. Uh, I don't want to take the whole time talking about that, but just I want to hit our first question on that. Yeah. Um, Now, I was raised as a Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was raised in a very traditional Pentecostal church. But also, I was raised with incredible parents. Um, Of course, uh, they were pastors for 50 years and so. But uh, they were very balanced. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pentecost can get really weird. I mean, really strange. Um, It it partly turned me off. Um, So when I became a senior pastor 25 years ago, Mm -hmm. I was sort of determined... Not, I, I wanted to use the gifts, sure, of the Spirit, but I was sort of determined to not create a real strong Pentecostal church because yeah. a lot of things turned me off. Um, it, and um, now it's interesting. The in fact, my boys, I have three boys. Uh, they are, in fact, uh, we have a staff of six pastors, and three of them are my boys, mm-hmm. and. They went to, um, they all graduated from North Central University. They have been almost more Pentecostal than I. Um, But in the last few years, God has really told me as the lead pastor here to get more Pentecostal. Sure. Okay? Yeah. Uh, And the things that uh, have scared me in the past, I've, I've wondered about in the past, God has just said, let it go yeah just let it let him do what he does best absolutely don't try to put them in a box don't try to control what mm-hmm. god the holy spirit is trying to do and so on right um and some of the things that uh confused me in the past or i try to stay away from because i saw people running after evangelists i saw mm-hmm. people running after the gifts instead of receiving the gifts from to empower them right, to be witnesses and so on, because I do know there needs to be a balance. Yes, with there does. This. Can mm-hmm. you
1: speak to yeah, that? Yeah, so um, I would say this, that it's not Pentecost that's weird, it's just that there are weird people. <laughs> there are weird people. Very, very um, and the, And the thing that, if you think about it, when you look at other denominational churches that are maybe cessationist in their belief system, they don't make any room for those types of things to be in operation in their services or their church. So the people that are weird really don't hang around there too long because they don't allow any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Charismatic church, Pentecostal church attracts weird people. It just does. I mean, there's no way around it. Uh, But what I've found is this. It's not the Holy Ghost that's weird. It's not the Holy Spirit and his manifestations that are awkward. It's just that um, when you see those manifestations in church, there has to be Um, you know, part of it is there's got to be teaching on it. Otherwise people don't, especially new believers, they don't know what to expect. They've never seen these things before. And I think, you know, when we, we have teaching on the, on the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy spirit, it really opens it up to the understanding of the believer. Now, at the same time, I also feel like there's been a lot of stuff that's taken place. That's under the banner of this is Pentecostal. This is charismatic. And it's really just people are weird and it's not (laughs) the Holy ghost at all. It's people's flesh. It's people's own desire to be seen, you know? And I think one of the the things that helps us is when we look at what the manifestations of the Holy spirit are, uh, the Bible says in first Corinthians 12, that they're sent to us to profit with all. Mm-hmm. So it should bring a profiting to your church. It should be building people up. It should be, uh, advancing the cause of Christ. Some of the things that people are going after seemingly Are not only are they not found in the scripture, uh, they have no, and, and get this term, those that are listening and watching, get this term in your spirit, there's no redemptive value. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you look at the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, there's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, as we know, but they're to profit with all. So when we look at the gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gifts of healing, we look at the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gift of prophecy. When any of those nine are in operation, they're going to br- bring redemptive value into the, into the church service, the body. People might be healed of sickness and disease, delivered from addictions. You'll have people that are set free maybe from even demon possession. Mm-hmm. You'll have a word come from God to direct the body in the future, prophecy or tongues and interpretation. But then we see some of these other things that people have just lumped in with the rest. You know, I have to be honest with you, and I've, I've been in Pentecostal church like you, our families are very similar. Right. So we have, both of us have all ministers in our family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've seen a lot of things in church, but to be honest with you, I have no desire to see gold dust. I have no desire to see gemstones revealed. I have no desire to see feathers mm-hmm. fall from heaven. The Bible dripping with oil. Yeah. I mean, I thank God if it's real, but I mean, it's, I don't see it in scripture. Sure. You know, um, I have no desire to see, uh, you know like i said feathers dropping from the ceiling or gold in people's teeth mm-hmm. because i asked myself the question where's the redemptive value in that amen is someone being saved is someone being baptized in the holy spirit is someone being healed because of that now if they are praise God for it but if it's just something for the sake of something i'm not into it mm-hmm. I actually saw a guy in a service called someone out and i believe like our family operates in the gifts of the spirit so i, I thank God for it we're into it I saw a guy call somebody out in a church service one time, and he, and he just began to recite their bank card number. This is your bank card. This is your debit card number. And it's like a manifestation of a ghost. And people are like, oh my goodness, it really is. Okay, wonderful. Now what? <laughs> you know, like, what's the point of that? Where's the redemptive value in that? Did someone get saved because of it? No. Did someone get healed because of it? No. So like, what's the purpose? God mm. doesn't do things with no purpose attached to them. Amen. And so I agree with you. Paul encouraged the church in Corinth that we should covet earnestly the best gifts. No question about that. So I do believe that as churches, we should pursue the gifts of the Spirit. No question. But one of the things that I've seen, you mentioned this, and that's such a great point, is that ministers, leaders in churches have kind of shied away because of the weirdness. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that I believe is so important is we can't be— timid about bringing correction. If there is something that's off in the church, meaning if somebody were, you, you made that phrase, like, just let's let, let it, let it roll, let it flow. If there's somebody that may step out in a, in a public assembly that does something that's not scriptural or it's, it's off, we shouldn't ever feel wrong about correcting that publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give you a good story. There was a man by the name of Kenneth Hagan, a great, great man of God, mm-hmm. you know, had a great ministry. But he would travel with his own singers and band that all of his services, they would do the praise and worship. And he'd encourage them, you know, minister to the people before I get up to preach. And one night, one of his singers, after they finished a song, stepped forward and began to give like a, a word to the people. And when he was done, I heard the man tell the story. He said, I knew in my spirit. What I said was off. It wasn't, it, it, it was off, you know. And he said, I felt so bad. And I thought, oh, no, I'm going to get corrected, you know. He said and when they turned it over to Brother Hagin, he came out. And he publicly corrected what what his singer said, you know. And after the service, he came to him. He said, brother, I'm so sorry. He said, I was off. I don't know what the deal was. I, I missed it. I missed the Holy Spirit. And this was a phrase that changed my mind on a lot of things. He said back to him, he said, don't worry about that. He said, there's nothing you can say from this platform that I cannot correct. And he said, if you'll stay humble, if you'll stay, so there's no. I would rather you step out by faith and miss it. That's right. than to never step out by faith and us not have any move of the holy spirit amen and i feel like w- one of the things you know for example paul was not worried about offending anybody in the corinthian church when he brought correction to the gifts of the spirit and their flow and their services he just straight up told them what they were doing wrong mm-hmm. told them how to correct it gave them parameters uh i think one of the one of the things we see that i think that is wrong is we try to set parameters that aren't aren't scriptural so, for example, I've been in services where you know and and I can understand it with all the nutty stuff that goes on, pastors don't want the mess. you know they don't want the mess. It's like every Tom Dick and Harry jumping up with something weird and it's like it's a mess. it can be it can turn into a mess,
0: yeah, totally and and if I could speak to that a little bit, that's what I got almost scared about sure twenty five years ago mm-hmm. where I saw it become such a mess. Mm-hmm sometimes and, and I, i'm not going to say all the time under uh the ministry i was with under my father and all that but i saw some of it become difficult to control mm-hmm. uh people would get offended leave the church things like that yeah. because they weren't humble enough sure to take the correction um and, and in and you've already um uh, touched on this where a lot of pastors have gone so strongly seeker sensitive. Right, that's it. That they're scared to death of Pentecost mm-hmm. because it does create um, a place where you can't control it sometimes. You feel like that sometimes in such a mess where they have almost thrown out the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, the baby with the bathwater kind of thing, and they've become this over here. Yes where it's never balanced. I agree with you. And uh and I'm so glad in these years God has called me back yeah to Pentecost. It, Absolutely. Back, and it, we've always been part of the Pentecostal movement, but back to the fullness of Yes.
1: It. Yeah. Let exactly.
0: God do what God wants to do. And uh there I've been very comfortable with it. Amen. And uh, and so on. But um but what would you um what could you say to that pastor that is dealing with that same thing mm-hmm. that they have and then the other thing is with the seeker sensitive yes also that attracts a lot of people sure does um uh and honestly uh i was at that point um some years ago where i'm like wow i see all these people coming uh to churches that are more seeker sensitive and all this and not into the gifts and, and you know, because I want our church to grow. Sure. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit convicted me so strong and said, yeah. whose church do you think this is? Right. And that's where I really went back very strongly to the roots of Pentecost. Yep. Because I want to stand before God. Right. <laughs> when I stand before God one day, <laughs> I want to stand before God and say, Lord, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you gave me your church and also I want him to say thank you to me right and uh you know that good and faithful servant type yeah. of thing uh that you did my church well yes you know you let me move amen what would you say to that pastor that is just struggling with that well I'd say a few
1: things uh the first thing I'd probably say is um number one if I had to choose between the two, I would rather have a church where the Spirit of God is truly moving, and people may get it, and I'm, I'm not saying these are mutually exclusive, so don't, don't misunderstand me, but I'd rather have a church where the Spirit of God is moving and people are getting offended and leaving than I would to go the way I've seen many seeker-sensitive churches where there's nothing preached that's challenging at all, mm-hmm. not against sin, not against anything, to have a big crowd. I won't say his name on the podcast, but there was a large seeker-sensitive pastor that was built on, I mean, thousands. Mm. And he said, the Lord appeared to me and told me, if I came back today, 80% of your church wouldn't go to heaven. Mm. And it struck his spirit because he was like, what are we doing here at the church? If people can come in and stay here for months and never feel convicted to change their life, they can come in and live however they want and they never feel a challenge Mm. to live for Christ and lay down their life. You know, uh, this is a great phrase that I think people need to hear. There's a lot of people that want Jesus as Savior, but they don't want Him as Lord.
0: Mm, that's good.
1: They want. It's like if I were if if I saw you, for example, fall into a a, a whitewater river and you're dr- getting ready to drown, mm-hmm. and I pull a branch off of a tree, hold it out to you, you grab it, and I pull you up on the shore, I just saved your life. I, I became your Savior, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you have to obey me for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I'm your Savior, but I'm not your Lord. Jesus is not that. He is our savior, but he also expects our uh, obedience mm-hmm. our, our, for us to follow him for the rest of our lives. And that, the, that message of Christianity uh, is so strong that I believe what we're talking about right now is actually a partial fulfillment of what Paul prophesied, that in the last days you would have people that their hearts would grow cold, they'd begin to fall away from the faith, and they would accumulate to themselves teachers that would only preach what their itching ears wanna hear rather than what the Bible actually teaches. So when I'm looking at the two extremes, and again, I don't believe it means you have to either have a Holy Ghost church that's small or a secret sensitive church that's big, because think, think about it. Jesus never had any lack of the gifts of the Spirit, Mm -hmm. the apostles didn't have any lack of the gifts of the Spirit, the early church didn't, and they grew by leaps and bounds, by thousands and Mm -hmm. thousands. So I think there's a, a way you can do it the right way where things are, under the authority of the church and, uh, we're not, it's not a free for all, you know, I've thrown people out of churches and out of services. they just are belligerent and they want to be seen. Right. You know, when you got somebody that comes down with a spandex outfit unitard with prophetic praise flags and a golf bag (laughs) and they're waving around the front, isn't it interesting to you? They always want to do it at the altar, never in the back. Right. Where everybody has broken off their worship to Jesus and they're looking at this person that's just, you know, swiping BO through the crowd they it's like why is it when someone asks them if you're going to do that please do it in the back and they get all ticked off and jam their prophetic praise flags back in their bag and storm out of the church
0: i literally had years ago i had a a bunch of people come in young people and they said we want to dance at the altar yeah and i said i don't know you Mm -hmm. so i'd like for you to just jump in your chair in other words in your position and they they didn't they weren't obedient Right, and so when the service started to we started worshiping, uh the girl did a cartwheel down the center of the aisle. Mm-hmm. The guys came up, started doing some kind of dance that was right. just off the wall. Mm-hmm. I went up there started i st- uh, shut down the worship, started doing announcements, and they walked out.
1: yeah, they were all mad at me, and see there is where you can find if something was of the spirit of God or right. not. Because yep. if you truly are operating in the spirit of God, there'll be a humility in your spirit. Amen. There'll be a love in your spirit that you'll want to submit to spiritual authority mm-hmm. and not be seen by everybody. That's pride. Right. I mean, that's straight pride. Right. And yeah. one of the things we see happening in many of our churches today, if it's not corrected, many of these things are happening in pride. Not mm-hmm. because the spirit of God's moving. People just want to be seen. Mm-hmm. you know, And so I think that that's one of the areas we need to watch out for that people aren't so puffed up that they just always want to be viewed by the congregation. That's why people are at the, you know, and then I I watched last night during our revival and and nights before the youth group is all around the altar. Let's see, the spirit is totally different there. Mm -hmm. They're humble. They're hungry. Mm -hmm. They're not down there to be seen by men. They're down there because they want a move of God and you can feel the difference immediately. Mm -hmm. You can feel when someone's in pride and you can feel when there's a move of the spirit. I say this often too. It's like, uh, you know, if, if the pastor's preaching now, there are always, there's always exceptions to every rule, but if the pastor's preaching and everybody's sitting there listening and you got one guy that jumps up screaming and dancing, he might be out of line, you know, and it's all right to correct that and say, listen, the word's coming forth, brother, be seated and receive it. You know, don't be a distraction. The Holy Spirit's not going to distract from himself. Right. Right. If he's delivering the word, he's not going to distract everybody's mind from what he's doing. So, but I always, people always use that example, but what about this? When the power of God has hit the church and everybody's shouting and dancing and lifting their hands and you got one guy sitting in his seat with his arms crossed, he's also out of line because you need <laughs> to true. enter in with what God's doing. Right? There's a flow of the Holy Spirit. So I think it's a, a pertinent point that between the two chapters, and we know there were no chapters in the original letters of Paul, but in the two chapters, 12 and 14 of 1 Corinthians, where he describes the gifts of the Spirit so Definitively, you've got chapter 13 in the middle where he talks about love. And in the middle of correcting them, you've got too many words of uh, tongues and interpretation in your services. You've got too much prophecy. It's just confusing everybody. You need to do it decently and in order, two at the most three, mm-hmm. and let there be an interpreter so that people will know what the word from God is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in you know, all that that's going on, but in the middle, he says, but let me show you a, a, a more excellent way if I have the tongues of men and angels and all that, if I have faith and if I have miracles and if I don't have love, I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's a uh, a tying in when you teach the gifts of the spirit, you also have to teach love and humility because there will be times when correction has to come. But a sign, obviously, as you know, of an extremely immature believer is that they uh, are easily offended. They're easily bent out of shape mm-hmm. and then they're out of here. I'm gone. I didn't mm-hmm. like what pastor said to me. I, who does he think he is to correct me? Uh, your spiritual leader. Mm -hmm. He's your spiritual leader. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're not just an attendee of a social club. You have submitted yourself under a spiritual authority that God himself has placed in the church. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't like to hear that, but you are a gift
0: Mm -hmm.
1: from God to the body. Mm -hmm. Pastor Jeff Christ is a gift from God to the body of Christ. Ephesians four is clear on that. Mm -hmm. He gave gifts unto men apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, you're a gift and you are put here, you're appointed by God. And there's no, it's like if anybody would come through here and not understand when they see all that God's done, that the hand of God is on this vision because God appointed you and anointed you and you're a gift to the body. Well, then they just, they, they have no spiritual sense. And so people, it's become a club with a lot of people who are like, well, I go there, but you know, he doesn't control me. Well, it's not about control. No. It's about, are you submitted to spiritual authority? Because everything in the body of Christ is delegated authority. If you can't submit to any, you don't have any. It's like the military. You can't go off and do your own missions. You're not Rambo, you're Mm -hmm. AWOL. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you you get that. That's when, you know, that's when a soldier gets court martialed and brought in on charges because he's off killing people that they never, it's not part of his, they didn't sanction that. And that's how the body of Christ is. You can't just go do your own thing. You have to do what the Lord says to do. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to the gifts of the spirit, I would tell pastors, yeah, there's all this stuff you see on social media and all these churches that are seeker sensitive. Uh, but when you've got churches that won't preach against sin, and I again, I won't name names, but how crazy is it to you that all the ones that seem to be propped up for so long, what we're finding out is the ones that won't preach against sin, the ones that don't talk about holiness, they're not set apart unto God. Now we're seeing things come out that maybe the reason that we're not is because there's sin behind the scenes in the leadership. Mm -hmm. And I'm always wary of any preaching or doctrine that takes it easy on sin, Mm -hmm. makes room for sin, because the Lord is calling for holy people that are set apart unto him. And um, the gifts of the spirit are not random. They don't just show up randomly. If you If you don't welcome the spirit of God into your church, he doesn't push his way in. He's, he's a gentleman, you know, he goes where he's welcomed and pursued and he doesn't bust in and do his own thing. And I believe with all my heart, and I've just seen this from traveling and being in the ministry, there's churches that have truly kicked the Holy spirit out of their church. Mm -hmm. Well, your brother was telling me he was at a pastor's meeting and they, they were the whole discussion around the pastor's meeting was. Should we allow speaking in tongues in our Sunday morning service? Now, this isn't a Pentecostal denomination. Right. Should we allow speaking in tongues in our Sunday morning services? Because we've got visitors coming in and they, they get creeped out. And your brother stood up and said, you know what? We're talking about not a dove or a feeling or a bird. or a, This is the Holy Spirit. This is the third person of the Trinity who the Bible says has feelings, can be grieved or can be made happy. And we're not to quench the Holy Spirit. And I, I agree with the sentiment that who are we to tell the Holy Spirit he can't do what he wants to do? And like you said, and you made a great point, it's his church. We're just taking care of his church. So what I'd say to pastors is, yes, uh, there will be some times where it gets messy, but there has to be a strength within our pastors to say, you know what, I don't mind stepping up and bringing that correction if I have to. But look what Paul said, it's done in love. And your people know when you love them. You know, people can spot fake a mile away. They can feel the love their pastor has for them. And I'm not saying there won't be people that get offended and leave anyway. There will be. But you know what? It's a blessing when they go. Because (laughs) if they stayed, the Bible uh, speaks of those in the salvation process that are on the vine, but they're not producing any fruit. Mm -hmm. So God himself severs them from the vine so that they're not pulling resources from the vine that's causing others to produce fruit. And it's a really... People don't, people might be get offended hearing that on the podcast, but it's a blessing (laughs) when people who have a bad spirit, a rebellious spirit, uh, a prideful spirit, they leave, let them leave.
0: And that's so awesome because when that pastor Mm -hmm. submits it to God, it's his church. Yes. And I learned this years ago, God, this is your church, please. When I don't see something, you see it for me. Amen. And... um, and you're right, I mean, God has severed people from this church at uh, times when I didn't see it, at yeah. times when I didn't see the bad spirit or whatever. Mm-hmm. God has severed people from this church to, to protect the vision sure. and to protect this church. No question. You know, I my heart breaks for young pastors, mm-hmm. senior pastors, not staff pastors, but senior pastors that are trying to find their way. Mm-hmm. Um and um uh, there there you know I remember that time. I was trying to find my way, trying to, you know, I what works, uh what doesn't work, and and things like that. And I wish I would have just totally a hundred percent just submit it to submit the church to God, mm-hmm. give the church to the Lord. Lord, I will do that uh that makes you happy i i have been raised in the pentecost i i really i i love pentecost i sure. do i yeah. really do um uh, i speak in tongues i always do always yep. will always did yeah uh, but i still went through that thing of do i want the uh gifts to right. be manifested sure. things like that and i just in the beginning i wish i just would have let it wide open mm-hmm. and i but i was trying to figure out this yeah. thing and at uh called senior pastoring lead pastoring and at the same time people were coming against me i mean i did so good my first year here ted yeah. that i came to a church of 200 mhm and I did so good my first year that 125 people left. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we went down to about 75 people, and um, and I mean we were like thirty thousand dollars in debt, mm-hmm. and I it, it was everything was looking terrible. Right. And uh, so I was literally trying to figure out this thing called pastoring. Yes. And uh, I would uh, just encourage pastors. Uh, let God figure it out for you. You just do what the scripture says to do, as mm-hmm. you've been saying, and let God right. Let God reign in your church. Let the Holy Spirit reign. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't try to take the next man's formula mm-hmm. to try to work it out. God sure. has already laid it out perfectly for right. us. Right, yeah. And you said it so well. I think, too, you know, we put, because we want to
1: guard the church, because we want to there have been people that have put systems in place to try to guard the church, but because they don't, they want to mitigate the risks. But there's just risk involved because mm-hmm. you have humans that are, you know, fallible right. humans. But rem- always remember, if there's any young pastors that are listening or watching, that the gifts of the spirit are meant to be spontaneous. Mm-hmm. They manifest themselves as they go. I've seen churches where they say, "Well, if you truly have a word, a word of prophecy." You know, We want you to write it down and then type it out and then submit it to the elder board. And then if they agree, they'll send it to the pastor. And if he approves it, then we'll read it in front of the body. That's not how prophecy works. Mm-hmm. That's not how tongues and interpretation work. They're spontaneous in there. And, and a lot of times people want to do this so that we guard what the church hears. what the church... But you know what? When there are pastors like yourself that can stand and in authority, if something's off, bring correction mm-hmm. and just say, you know what? That's the, actually the word of God says this, you know, it's like when my grandfather was pastoring in the fifties, when televisions started coming on, it was like, Mm. you were a sinner. If you got a television, you're on your way to hell. And, uh, my grandfather had gotten one for his, for his house. Mm. Well, one of the church people had found out about it. Oh, pastor Shuttlesworth has a TV. (laughs) And so she got up on a Sunday morning and gave a word in the spirit Mm. to the congregation. You know, and it's always in the King James. If you give a word, it's gotta be in the King James. (laughs) And she said, Oh, <laughs> thus saith the Lord thy God, thou hast said in your heart that thou hast bought a television to watch the nightly news. But I know, saith God, that thou hast bought it to watch I loveth Lucyeth.
0: <laughs> that is and crazy. said,
1: I love Lucy was the real reason. The pastor's in sin. Well, it's not the Holy Ghost. Right. Give me a break. And <laughs> like we were in a service one time, a guy got up and said, do not, be a, do not be afraid, says the Lord your God. For even I, the Lord your God, am afraid sometimes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, probably not the Holy Ghost. No, And so people, you know, people get weird. People, really? you know, there are weird people. And as I said, it seems as though charismatic church, Pentecostal church attracts weird people. Mm. And, um, you know, it just takes that uh, discerning of spirits. and The pastor knows, you know, I have to just bring correction And, you know, you bring correction and it's not even to the point where you can't say, listen, you've, you've overstepped your boundary two, three times. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, I can tell that you're not yielded to the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you personally, don't stand up and give any words in the church anymore because you've been off and and I'm, I'm not, I'm done correcting you on this. And if they get offended and leave, that's because they won't submit in, in, in that spiritual authority. That's fine. But I believe that what you do as the pastor when you're correcting, you're actually protecting the sheep. Mm -hmm. You're taking care of that body which God's given you. And uh, you know, you brought up a great point. Offense is gonna be there for some people. It's because they're immature in the faith. True maturity brings humility, Mm -hmm. brings humility and meekness. Um, I thought this was interesting. I was looking at James 3, uh, verse 16, for where jealousy and selfishness exist. So anybody that gets offended anybody that's walking in pride, that's selfishness. So it's about me, it's not about the body, right. it's not about the pastor, not about the church, it's about me. Where selfishness exists, there will be disorder and every evil work, James mm-hmm. 3.16. Wow. Where it exists, there will be every evil work and disorder. Mm-hmm. And that's why the devil wants to put pride in the church, mm-hmm. so that every evil work can exist, so that disorder can exist. And I believe that's why it's so powerful when pastors bring that correction they're guarding the body from every evil work mm-hmm. and so it's
0: it's important Ted and I are having an awesome conversation and so we're going to split it this into two parts so I'd like for you to come back next week for part two you don't want to miss it